Welcome to the Keeping the Nostalgia Live show. I am your host, Billy Powell. Uh, you're probably listening to this on keepingthenostalgialive.podbean.com. That's keepingthenostalgialive, all one word, .podbean.com. Also, please go over, oh, this will be on our YouTube channel. I forgot about that, though. Uh, also, go to Keeping the Nostalgia Live show on YouTube and subscribe to our programs. We do a lot of uh, video, and also, uh, my stuff gets tra um, transpired to uh, YouTube also within audio also, although there, may, although there may not be any video or pictures with it. So, keepingthenostalgialive.podbean.com for our audio podcasts and Keeping the Nostalgia Live show on YouTube. We just got done doing a, a nice George Hill interview, who is a Broderpool, Indianapolis, Indiana, Broderpool Rocket product, uh, now with the Philadelphia 76ers. And also yesterday we did a brief interview with Kent Benson and Bob Garner of the Hoosier Gym. So please go over to those two shows. Today I feel like... Uh, it's six degrees of separation, and I have to explain before I welcome my guest... Um, when I was at Indiana State University, I went to Indiana State University from 1986 to 1990. I had to graduate in those four years because we were poor. Uh, but my um, uh, sophomore year, I met a gentleman who was a uh, roommate of uh, another friend of mine, and we ended up being roommates our senior year down at Lincoln Quad there at Indiana State University, and that was Terry Nante. Little did I know of Terry's dad, I knew that um, uh, Terry's dad was coach and all that, but I, you know, at that time you're, you know, an 18 or 19 year old kid and you're, you're like, you know, what am I going to do after college rather than, you know, you know, well, what did your dad do? And of course, one thing leads to another and I'm a huge uh, proponent now of keeping the nostalgia alive and talking about, um, uh, basketball, baseball stuff from the Hoosier state and just documenting the past so the future remembers. And today I get the pleasure of, uh, interviewing. Tim Nante. Tim, uh, thank you for that long, heavy uh, uh, intro, and uh, I appreciate you taking some time with us and uh, uh, helping keep the nostalgia alive. Well, uh, thanks for inviting me, Billy. Uh, and it is, you know, a small world uh, as to who knows who, and it's like you said, uh, back then you're more interested in getting out of college and getting a job rather than doing what you're doing now and also what was interesting too is that you know one of my, one of the really people that started this kind of ignited one day i said you know i want to i want to you know uh, interview or do a, a, a written interview or a blog post of uh, coach marty eichelbarger and of course uh, now after three or four years of hard pounding he's uh, finally uh, where he belongs in the indiana basketball hall of fame but of course, you were assistant coach under him, uh, uh, with him, uh, while you were at Princeton. So there's another degree of separation. But let's go back to you, uh, Coach Nante. Tell us a little. Tell everybody a little bit about, about where you're from, where you were born, and brothers and sisters, and just just a little bit about that first. Well, I was born in Indianapolis, Indiana, and uh, after about. Four or five years, Dad was drafted into World War II, and uh, so we moved to Lagodi to a place called Larkin Apartment. And shortly after that, war was over, and we moved back to Indianapolis. At that time, I had Jane, the only girl in the family, and Tony, brother younger than I was. We lived in Indianapolis for a few months and mom didn't want to raise the family in the city so we moved back to Lagodi. I have six brothers one sister. My sister was the oldest and I was the oldest boy so that's basically how we got back to Lagodi. Mom was from Bramble. Dad was from uh, Montgomery, Indiana, or really just a suburb of Lagodi. So from, you know, age five on up, we were living in Lagodi. And what sport were you first introduced to? Uh, was it baseball? Was it basketball? Well, I can remember the first time I shot a basketball was 
at my Aunt Carol's house in Bramble, and I would have been in about fourth or fifth grade. Uh, but, you know, we played whatever was in season. It was baseball, basketball, uh, football. That was, the, you know, the primary sports. And it, uh, you know, it kind of went from there as far as organized sports. Uh, got involved in Little League my, when I was 11. And uh, fell in love with uh, baseball. And then, you know, in fifth and sixth grade, we played some basketball at St. John's. Didn't have football, but, you know, we'd play football on Sunday afternoons with neighborhood kids and so forth. You, you know, you know, we're all kind of a product of, uh, you know, where we're where we're at geog geographically ge where we're okay geographically ge geographically located there we go i'll spit it i'll spit it out this morning uh uh that stupid medicine i take um and so most of you guys down there were introduced to st louis cardinals baseball or were cardinals fans were you a cardinal fan or would you were you one of the smart ones and maybe were a cincinnati red fan no, I, I was a Cardinal fan. Okay, I, I guess there must just be a like a Mason Dixon line. There must be a St. Louis Cardinals Cincinnati Red line somewhere in Indiana. It, it is really weird <laughs> when I talk to you guys about that because you know, and when I find a Cincinnati Red fan, I guess I guess it's because I was born and raised in Indianapolis, went into all the Indianapolis Indians games, and they were the farm club for the Reds. And I wish that you guys were Reds fans because we have more to talk about. But uh, I, I guess there's a line there, so. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming you got to watch those on uh, TV or watch them on uh, or listen to them on radio? Well, uh, we didn't get a TV until I think maybe I was in the eighth grade. Uh, listen to them on the radio. That was our source of information, Cardinal Games. So... Uh, yeah, the, the the St. Louis the St. Louis Cardinals. I guess just a great history of baseball. So, um, did you have favorite player on, on the Cardinals, or was it on a different baseball team? Well, I don't know if we had heroes or not. Stan Musial, Red Shandies. You know, I remember those guys, and uh, they, you know. In, in my mind back then, they won every game. But <laughs> checking back, they didn't win every game. But the majority of them, they did. So, you know, what became your favorite sport? Or, you know, uh, what did you guys play the most as a family? Or when did you start playing either one of those two sports uh, uh, organized? I know you said something about Little League. Uh, I know you said you went to St. John's to tell us a little bit about um, um, that school. Well, <clears throat> St. John's uh, developed, uh, I think, maybe 1949-50 up until 68-69, roughly uh, 20 years. Bishop faxed uh, an edict where certain communities and so forth should start Catholic high schools. And uh, I guess that's how we evolved. Uh, you know, Lagodi was probably the smallest town in Indiana to have two high schools. And uh, that uh, was a positive thing. And, you know, it was also a negative thing. We had pretty good athletes at, at both schools. All the boys went to Lagodi once they finished eighth grade. The girls, there was kind of a girls' academy where they were at St. John's. But prior to 49, in eighth grade, go to the uh, public school. And then after 49 to 69, it was separate. So... St. John's, we know we played basketball and baseball, ran track, 
uh, up at the public school. We used their track, their baseball field, and uh, you know it seemed normal for the time, but uh, it was kind of an unusual situation. At at St. John, in interviewing a lot of you guys from um, uh, the Lagodi area, um, it not only burnt down once, it burnt down twice. Am I correct? Well, no. The first time, uh, St. John's High School burnt. And then the school that we had a abandoned on JFK Avenue. Uh, it burnt, I'm unsure as to what month, but you know, we had kids settled here and there going to school and then it burnt. So, you know, two school buildings in one small town, I realized was kind of suspicious but uh that's what happened is, is that just left out there with the suspense i mean everybody i've talked to is kind of you know it's kind of like you know n no one wants to talk about it or it's kind of uh, did some people really know what happened or it's just you know suspicious well it was kind of a mystery i know for sure that myself and jack butcher didn't set the fires. So, <laughs> that's, a, that's a for sure. But it happened. Okay, that's what that's all I wanted to get out of you. You and Jack made start the fires. That's classic. Well, you know, there were all kind of rumors floating around, but we didn't. So, so once you get to high school, what sport do you become pretty good at? Or is it just something that you, you know, you, you do, you know, uh, did you run cross country to stay in shape? And of course you played baseball. Of course you played basketball. I mean, was it just one continual, you know, well, athletic situation when you, when you got to high school? Our, our cross country was in September and October running out to river road, running back. Sometimes our coach would follow us in a car. Sometimes he wouldn't. That was our cross country. And then we had a basketball season. And then, well, we had baseball in the fall of the year. We played about maybe 10 or 11 baseball games and then ended up with a tournament, which was basically what was the, uh, the sectional eventually and had, you know, North Martin Davis, county tournament held at Lagodi and that was really popular and then we went into uh, high school basketball and then from basketball went into track and that was basically our sports what was your best position what was your best uh, uh, position that you played in baseball what was your what was your position well <clears throat> I was a catcher but that was kind of by accident. I got to choose a little league team at age 11. I, uh, brothers had to be on the same side. So I took my brother Tony and I told him, I'll pitch and you catch. And after about an inning or two, he got a hit with a foul tip or so forth. So I told him, okay, you pitch, I'll catch. And kind of from that time on, I ended up being a catcher. And uh, I did play shortstop my freshman year. We had a, an outstanding catcher named Dave Kropp who did the catching. And then I basically caught the rest of my uh, career. So, but, you know, I think that worked to advantage. Being a catcher and coaching baseball, uh, you're in charge. So... I'm not saying that all catchers make the best baseball coaches, but it's a, a good carryover. Uh, basketball, you know, I 
was six feet tall. I, I played some center, some forward, and uh, track. Gee whiz, we had to run the mile our freshman year. Sophomore year, we had to run the mile. Had a herd of turtles running the mile, <laughs> trying to think of ways we could turn an ankle. And after several minutes, we'd be almost finished, so we would finish that meet. And I told our coach, Jim Watson, that I could beat Skipper Ackerman in the 120 dash my junior year and so forth. And uh, he finally set up a, a time where I could run against him, and there was no way on earth Skipper was going to beat me in that 100. And I beat him. And then I beat him in the 220, and after that, I never had to run the mile anymore. <laughs> so that's how I got out of running the mile. What was Indiana high school basketball like? Did you did you kind of did you did you kind of take it in what was happening in the state, or was it more about you know the local paper and what was happening in the uh, Lagodi area? Um, <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the game of basketball while you were in high school. Well, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that was Indiana's heyday of basketball from, well, be 57 through 60 when I was in high school and years after that. I mean, uh, I couldn't wait to get the uh, Washington paper and I couldn't wait to get the Sunday Evansville paper and so forth. They had a, Evansville had a tremendous sports section, covered areas, schools, and not, not only the city schools, but the area schools. So it, it wasn't just a secondary event for us. It was a big deal. So you got to follow, you followed probably a little bit if you got that Evansville paper, um, Dave Shellhouse's career from uh, Evansville North. Uh, yes. You know, and, and, and several other outstanding players down there. But there were a lot of what I felt were outstanding players, you know, from us, our small high schools. What was your sectional like while you were in high school? Well, was a bloodbath. <laughs> uh, Washington Hatchets were, you know, the the team to beat. And uh, but Odin had a a nice ball club and in '59. Uh, so as I say, it you know. It was a bloodbath, and it was sectional was packed then, and that was a big deal to get to go to the sectional as a player, and you know beforehand. So it was a big deal. Uh, Buddy Graham played for. Did Buddy Graham or Larry Graham play for Odin at that time? Yes, Buddy was same class that I was in at St. John's. A new Buddy. Nice guy, but uh, Buddy could play. But they, Norm Beasley could play. They had several kids that uh, made up that Odin ball club. So uh, it wasn't a fluke. Tell me about the rivalries. What um, I mean was was there true? You know, because you know, in Indianapolis, there really wasn't a rivalry. What well, there was, but it's not anything that was, you know, really strong or, or really talked about, or no one really hated each other. In a lot of conversations with um, um, you guys from that area, I guess it was just passion about uh, all sports and about where you lived, and in your high school was the best. I'm assuming. Yes, uh, you know it was. Uh, Lagodi and St. John's, we didn't play each other during the season. It wasn't scheduled. The only time we ran into Lagodi was in the uh, sectional. And uh, I think they played St. John's won the first two games. 
Lagodi one, the middle three or four, and St. John's won the last two games. Seemed like we play each other six or seven times. So it uh, and you know it cut down on controversy. You know, at times with your uh, playing baseball. Did you, and knowing how baseball, you know, I think the, the first uh, baseball tournament, I think, was actually like 69, 70, and then the Final Four was at... Um, 67. 67. Um, do you wish that it would have been more organized while you played in high school, uh, like it became, or, you know, that's just the way it is? Well, well I think, you know, my point in time was kind of a starting point for baseball and getting established. Uh, 67 was the best thing that ever happened in baseball where we had a state tournament and, you know, it's improved each year from, from that point in time. So, uh, you know, the the time that I played was kind of a, an introduction. It, was was a big deal then and latter part of September uh, it was over and started basketball were you a good enough athlete to have colleges after you and the next question it's a two-part question um, where and where where did you decide to go to school and what affected you or what um, uh, made your decision to go there well, I was an average high school basketball player. Uh, I don't know that there were any colleges hot after my body. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, not to my surprise, I enrolled at Lockyer Business College in Evansville. For about a month, cost me fifteen dollars to sign up and to go down there. Then, about the latter part of July, Dad came home and told me I was going to Indiana State. <laughs> so, and I better get up there and get registered. So, uh, there was college age guy from Lagodi working at National Gypsum Plant. He took me up and. Somehow I got enrolled and ended up at Indiana State. So <laughs> that was uh, my college deal. I uh, decided, well, you know, I probably want to coach. I did go out for the freshman baseball team, and I did uh, make it. But uh, after coaching several years, I know that most coaches you don't you don't have enough catchers, and I was a catcher, and so that's probably how I made the team. But uh, and then, as I say, the rest rest is kind of history. I, I'm glad that uh, I didn't go to Lockyer, and I'm glad that I went to Indiana State. Uh, was Indiana State University, is that what it was called at that, that time, or was it still called Indiana State Normal School or the Teacher's yeah, College? State Normal School, and I think after about two or three years, uh, it became Indiana State University, which I graduated. So, In beautiful Terre Haute, Indiana. Well, yes, it smelled good also. <laughs> it depended on it depended upon which way the wind was blowing, wasn't it? Yes, I lived on South Seventh Street in an apartment, and uh, yeah, it did depend on the wind, you know. But it it was our school, and <laughs> after a while, you got accustomed to it. 
So who really gave who who really gave you or you was it yourself that you thought you know hey you know I I think I'm going to try this coaching thing I I, I think it looks fun I think I you know I, I know uh, a lot about uh, the the sports that I'm I think I'm going to coach I mean was there somebody who kind of um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for influenced you to get into coaching or was it just I mean tell us a little bit about that. Well, I thought that I, I wanted to coach, and I was interested in basketball, interested in baseball. Uh, Jack Butcher was an emerging coach in Lagodi, and, you know, I remember him playing high school basketball, <clears throat> and 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 following that and so forth. But I knew that I wanted to coach. And uh, so uh, I was kind of fortunate. After going to school two years, uh, my wife Joyce and I got married. We were all set to go back to Terre Haute. And then a teacher resigned at Crane, Indiana. My dad had about seven of us, six of us in the family and had taken a job as school trustee, township trustee, along with his regular job at National Gypsum. And so went up for a week and they couldn't find a teacher, so signed a contract for a clerk and I taught seventh grade, coached uh basketball and some softball and that convinced me that teaching was what I really wanted to do so when the year was over you know in May I headed back to Joyce and I headed back to Indiana State and my first year at Crane I had Jim and Jack Trout were in fifth and sixth grade and they played on my seventh grade team. Brian Canada, I remember as a maybe a, a third grader and his sister, I taught her in school, Karen, and she said that her brother Brian was a good little basketball player. And I remember him coming into the gym and shooting around and he was a pretty good basketball player. So as I say, I got an early initiation and a lucky initiation. It was the best year that I ever taught. So that's, you know, you asking about other people influencing you, that probably influenced me more than anything else. So, so do you still, are you still at this point in time after you get your degree from Indiana state, um, are you still teaching at the same spot? No. Uh, no, I just taught there one year, 62, okay. 63. And then when I graduated, I was hired at Lagodi, but Lagodi was undergoing consolidations. And so I ended up in the junior high school at Lagodi in 65, 66. And everybody was coaching in a lot of positions so Jerry Hieronymus had coached the fifth and sixth grade and he got out of it so I uh, organized the fifth and, and sixth grade we played every chance we got being at halftime of the JV game or halftime of the varsity and we practiced you know quite a bit and I never did really lose contact with the fifth and sixth grade all the years at Lagodi. I had someone had to organize them and get them lined out. But then the next year, uh, Ira Clark got out of the seventh and eighth grade, and I took over the seventh and eighth grade, coaching them for two or three years. And then 68, 69, uh, I became the JV coach. That year, I coached or helped organize the fifth and sixth. I coached 
the seventh, the eighth, the freshman team, and the JV team until we found a guy to, you know, to come in. So now, now, so you actually were like in charge of the feeder system to Logodi High School. Yes. Yes. And that, 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 I mean, continue. Well, you know, we finally got Dan Armstrong to help us and, and John Drake, and they were a holdover for several years in running the fifth and sixth grade program. And I scheduled the games and, and, and so forth. Saw that they had a bus driver. But uh, then after 69, I ended up, we got Lee Cavanaugh, super guy. Lee's passed away a a few years ago, but Lee Cavanaugh was a main cog in coming in and helping us. And then... uh, we started this summer program for nine weeks, and that's what I was responsible for, teaching fundamentals during the summer. And, uh, you know, it was in a hot gym, but and I think we got a little bit of a jump on our area schools as to the summer program. Uh, Nine weeks was a long time, but that's the way it was. We would bring our fifth and sixth grade in at 8 o'clock to 10 and 10 until noon on Tuesday and Thursday. On Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8 o'clock, we'd bring in the seventh grade at 8 to 10, and then the eighth grade from 10 until 12, and then bring the freshman back in of the evening from six until eight. And that's pretty well what, what we ran. Then we gradually played teams maybe in the afternoon, but oftentimes we still practiced <laughs> our regular group through and then we'd go, go play an area school. What was the first time that you met coach Jack Butcher? What were your thoughts at that time, and did you think that you were going to have the relationship that you had for as long as you have? Well, when, when I coached at Crane, I would stop by once in a while and watch varsity practice, and then I would ask him, you know, what you do against zone defense, helping us, people press us, helping us. I, I, talk to him from from time to time there at at the gym and then when I was hired at Lagoti it was my ambition to eventually be the assistant basketball coach and to basically help build a a strong program I never had aspirations of uh, being the uh, head basketball coach at Lagoti after, when I became the assistant, I became the assistant in baseball also for two years. And I remember Jack telling me, well, he was getting out of baseball and turn it over to me. And uh, I'd probably do a better job at it than he did. So along with, <clears throat> you know, building a baseball program, although the baseball program was still very good. Jack had baseball for nine years. Mr. Lester Page, who was my little league coach, coached uh, the uh, the program yet. And then he eventually became the principal, and you know, the rest of us filled in. So I guess that would have been my first time. Although I remember as a kid, they won the sectional. Dad took us uptown to watch them, uh, the bonfire and so forth. I remember Costello passing out 
money to the kids, their 75 cents or whatever they were allowed to go eat at the Arrow or wherever they went. And I just thought, well, that's a good deal. Play basketball, make money. <laughs> that, uh, that wasn't the case. So those were my early recollections of Jack. Did did you did you think he did, did he have an ego at that time did 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 he change over time or how just tell I I just want to know more a little bit more about your relationship with each other since you guys coached with the, with each other so long. Well, you ask tough questions. <laughs> well, Jack and I became you know. Best friends, probably close, close for several years. Uh, that changed later on, but uh, he was a very complex individual. Uh, I always said, other than Rita, I knew him best, and yet really didn't know him at all. And uh, so, as I say, we had some good times and we had some tough times. So let's just leave it at that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's fine. So so how many years did you lead the Lagodi uh, varsity baseball team? And what makes your change? What What makes your change to Princeton? Uh, <clears throat> the last part of my statement, some tough times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we, you know, I guess 11 years is how long I coached baseball. And we were competitive. We won nine sectionals, three regionals uh, while I was there. And uh, my chance to go to Princeton was for their baseball job. Always felt like I would have maybe left Lagodi for a chance to coach at Jasper or at Princeton. And Princeton opened up, and I got a call from the superintendent, asked me if I was interested. And I uh, went down. But uh, a couple years before that, superintendent at Gibson Southern called me. I went down for an interview, but on my way back to Princeton, I went over to Gil Hodges Field, climbed a fence, walked around it, then went on back to Lagodi. Uh, maybe we'll talk about Gil Hodges Field later on, but it was a nice old ballpark, beautiful ballpark. So I ended up going to Princeton. Uh, first couple of years, I helped with the girls' basketball. Uh, I had helped with Lagodi girls the last two or three years that I was at Lagodi. 82, 83 was when I left for Princeton. So. Before we get to Princeton, tell me, what what's the hardest part about coaching basketball and then how do you have to change that or what's the hardest part about coaching baseball or or well, or, 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 or for example or for example you have someone who's really good at is on your basketball team and also plays baseball but you have to make um, uh, you know changes within each game Well, I don't know what you mean by that. You know, they have fundamentals. And teaching fundamentals of baseball and to teaching fundamentals of basketball, uh, the mental approach and so forth are all about the same. It's about competing. And I don't know that I distinguish you play basketball, I go at you this way, or you play baseball. They're out for baseball, 
they're going to work fundamentals. <laughs> That's all there is to it. They're in basketball. We're going to work fundamentals. And I, I don't know that you have to distinguish them. In our summer basketball program, we work fundamentals that first hour or so. And, you know, and then we would scrimmage a little bit. But stop, start with a ball with your right hand and your left hand, crossovers. You know, we went through drill after drill after drill. And the kids, you know, kids liked it. I actually realized they liked it at the time. That's what it's all about. Okay, so 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 so, so I have I have another question for you, or maybe you can agree or disagree with me. It, it seems like it would be you. You did so well with both within the game of basketball and the game of ba- baseball. You know. And I'm like, how can you um, juggle these two great sports? And so, okay, so let me give you what how I think it is. Basketball season is fantastic. Basketball season is going on. Like right now, like right now as we speak, the NCAA tournament is going to be this weekend. And uh, uh, the, the finals and the, the Indiana High School Basketball Association finals are coming this weekend. But also today, baseball starts. So it's almost like there's almost. Do you feel like it's almost like there's almost like a switch on your mind where it's like, oh, basketball is the greatest game ever invented, and boom, oh no, baseball is here. Let's go. Well, basketball never really ended at Lagodi, so we didn't have a stop-start to it. Baseball kind of interrupted the basketball, you know, a little bit. But, you know, it's like my year was really busy. You know, if we could start September, um, we had kids coming in. To shoot, we had Lee getting the seventh and eighth grade ready, and John and they're talking about getting the fifth and sixth grade started, and so we kind of had basketball, and then basketball real season would start, and then basketball would continue even after they got beat in the tournament. Uh, kind of not as intense except with Jack he could be as intense in July as what he was in January (laughs) you know that that was how he was wired and looking back he had a hard time coming down after this season because he put so much into the season and then we would have baseball And then when baseball was over, we would start the summer program again. And so that was my life for, you know, 11 or 12 years. We get maybe a week, week and a half off before school started to catch your breath. And then you were right back into the grind. As a varsity baseball coach in, in in everywhere that you coached, did you also want to have input, have input, or had to uh, help with the scheduling and the uh, uh, umpiring and all that? And was that kind of a pain, or did you enjoy all of that? I enjoyed all that. My uh, At Lagodi, Jack was the athletic director. When I went to Princeton, Dave Robinson – uh, was our athletic director. And the first year or so, he kind of looked after it. But we ran the ballpark, my bad girls, and I had influence in the scheduling as to who we wanted to pick up 
and, and so forth. Uh, and then, as I say, with with the baseball uh, at Princeton, as soon as the uh, season was over, American Legion baseball was real big in Princeton. Uh, after two or three years, I would start. I started the Legion program, and I ran it for 13 years. And that tied a record of a, a guy named Jim Pegram who ran the record. Jim picked up a couple state championships, and uh, he was the real force in Legion ball. So it's, I don't know, that, that's the way things are now. They have changed considerably, but maybe we'll get some of that later on. Uh, uh, you talked about Gil Hodgesfield, and uh, I, I, I may not be as smart, but I think Gil Hodges gets the short end of the stick about, by not being in the um, um, uh, the National Best Baseball Hall of Fame. Yes, very definitely. I have a plaque up, talks about Gil's career and so forth, and I, I left an area. As I understand it, in uh, December of this year, he has maybe a shot of getting in. But very definitely, Gil should should be there. And, you know, to a lot of anguish of people. Uh, Gil was born in Princeton and lived in Princeton until he was seven or eight, and his dad took a coal mining job over in Pike County and lived the rest of his career there. Gil came back to Princeton to play Legion baseball in uh, either 41 or 44, I, I'm unsure. And, you know, he played a lot of exhibition games at Gil Hodges and in the area. Uh, Gil Hodges Field was built in 1933, and uh, I have a pamphlet about it and so forth that <clears throat> I'll send you. And it's just a crime <laughs> that he's not in the Hall of Fame, but there is a lot of social injustice in the world. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe this is one of them that we've got to live with. But it is a beautiful ballpark. We remodeled it, revamped it when I went there in 82, 83 for several years. And then the school finally bought Gil Hodges Field from the town. And they're in the process of revamping it in phase one. They're pretty well finished with uh, And then they start phase two uh, sometime later in this year to, to make it look really nice. They've gone to an all, I don't know if you call it turf anymore, infield, but uh, they have changed it. So... What was it like leaving Lagodi and going someplace else and then coaching against Lagodi? In baseball? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it uh, was a good move for me and uh, my family. And the first game... We should have played, we had a Ligoti schedule in 82-83, and that would have been the most competitive game. I inherited a nice ball club at Princeton, and I left a great ball club at Ligoti. A kid by the name of Greg Clark, who coaches our girls softball now, was the only senior that I had. And we won the uh, regional. And so... That, that would have been a good 
a good measure of us and a good measure of them. Uh, the next year, I think we may have lost to them a couple times, and the next year we beat them and so forth. But uh, it was a little strange looking down to see that I had on a red uniform <laughs> rather than a, a, a black and gold. But uh, one adjusts pretty well. And so, so my next my, my next question is: wh- When did you start to become a historian of what you've done and what where you've coached? Like, did you well, start? Did you start? Ca- uh, you know, uh, uh, collecting clippings from a young age. Did you know that you were gonna, uh, you know, put this information down in books? Well, at Lagodi, uh, when we moved into the new gym in 68, 69, uh, Jack and a student manager had started kind of a gallery just of his years. I think there might have been seven or eight at the time. I knew that I wanted to start with the first basketball team ever that I could find. And I wanted to start collecting St. John's senior pictures to get them going. So when I started the project in 68 or or so, I was wheeling and dealing on class pictures and on basketball pictures. And so 68, 69, 69, 70. Uh, as I say, I was collecting pictures. Where I probably got this, my dad played at Montgomery. In his junior year, he was a member of Montgomery basketball team that made it to the final 16. He wasn't in the picture that day. There were only 11 12 guys they took to the state. And when I was fifth or sixth grade, seventh maybe, Dad mentioned that, you know, he was also a part of that team. And so Albert Cavanaugh, who is a brother to Lee, who is Mr. Bar-Reeve yet, still keeps the scorebook, he put up a small picture of dad in the corner and I put in or he let me put in an eight by 10 picture and get their names up there and so forth and so on. So sometime in the two thousands, I went down and with Albert, I revamped that picture. Albert Cavanaugh has a museum the bar reeve of pictures and things that he keeps up. I don't know who will replace him, but uh, he's done an outstanding job. I interviewed, my first interview was at Montgomery. I was taking graduate classes at Indiana State I drove down with Charlie Lentz, and we interviewed. Well, Larry Reynolds, another outstanding player from St. John's, was also interviewing. And they, we stood outside underneath a little roof that was, and it started to rain. So we backed up, stood on our toes, and Larry was first. And he was in there a half hour or so. And then a guy come out and said, next. So we asked him which one. Oh, I said, doesn't make any difference. <laughs> so, well, yeah, like, so I, I beat Charlie to the door. <laughs> I was second. <laughs> and uh, went and sat down in a smoke-filled room. And a guy asked me two questions. The first did I know John Brigham? He was the coach leaving. Now the answer was yes. So I'm thinking, well, pretty good. I'm moving along here. 
And then there was a silence. And the guy told me that, uh, well, if I got the job, you know, we don't think you ought to be going into the bars or anything. Bar Reeve is a little, little town. Or Montgomery is a little, little town. Uh, okay, you know, I can live with that. <laughs> so, and then he asked him, the rest of you have any questions? Well, they didn't. Had to wake one guy up. <laughs> and so I went out, and I, I left, and Charlie went in there, and he was in there half the time that I was, My, his five minutes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's when I decided every chance to play Montgomery or Bar Reeve, I was going to beat them as bad as I could. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I don't know. How do we get off on that? But anyway. Well, we got off on that because I was asking just about the incredible work. You know, I've got, you know, a history of Princeton, Princeton Community High School Boys Basketball, 1908 and 2011. I've also got here in my stack, you know, a a history of Lagodi High School Boys Basketball, 1905, 2008. I mean, this has got to be just a, a, a love or a passion that you have to put something together that is so complete and informative. I mean, it's, it's literally... Uh, it, it's amazing work. Well, you know, it, it took a while and it, and it took dedication. But, uh, you know, my girls helped. And I, you know, have to thank them. My wife helped with with it. But I spent a lot of hours in the library. And, you know, one thing just leads to another. I I wanted to make it like I would want a book, not just as some of the basketball history books. And as I say, uh, guys that helped me so forth, uh, John Mullen was a big help, Uh, Justin Bird, Scott Wagner. And then with my Princeton book, uh, Bob Watkins, uh, Melinda Turpin and John Mullen helped somewhat with the Princeton book. And then, as I say, we have a history of Potoka, Hazleton, Mount Olympus, and Princeton uh, at an all-black school up until 1950 or so. But there's always someone in the community that collects pictures, collects memorabilia, Collects a little history, and so you know, I uh, would talk to them, and it's really neat. I mean, when you got to drive all over Gibson County and different places to to get a picture, and you have these people. I remember a guy over in Pike County had a a ball picture and he was on a walker and I went into the room and and I swear that he got a little straighter in that walker and walked over and showed me a basketball picture that he was in and you know and talk about how much the Potoka Rins meant to these people I had several people. Dave and Marilyn Hudson pretty well helped me with Potoka. Uh, Joe and Betty Bracken with Mount Olympus. Arnold with Hazleton. And Mount Olympus, Melinda Gilbert. She was a cheerleader there. And she pretty well headed up. I did the research and so forth, but she was fantastic. And then Bob Mead, a buddy of mine that passed away uh, a year ago. And then on the uh, uh, Princeton, Lincoln, Stan Madison, Mary Madison, 
help me. So there's always people and going to their house, getting a little information, seeing scrapbooks they'd put together. <laughs> it, uh, if that doesn't motivate a person to continue to research, uh, nothing will. So you ask what motivated me. That's, I think the different people motivated me. It, uh, it's got to be a really neat job, just a neat, neat job. And it's so complete. I mean, you, it, it's just, it's just, it, it's like, it's like a whole set of Encyclopedia Britannica, which I just lost everybody because they don't know what that is anymore, all in one. Yeah. It is so complete and well done. Well, as I say, I mentally took each year to be my senior year. How do I, you know, want to portray it? And yet we were needed to portray it as we did with the team score. And points that they score it took a long time looking up all the box scores i had very few score books that i could look out look at and get them as close as possible score books uh, are usually correct the box scores that you get from the library and so forth uh yeah kids would take in the scores from the radio after a game they'd get calls and they didn't always get them right and they two or three points short short well let's give them to so-and-so give them to so-and-so <laughs> <laughs> and that's often how they would end up <laughs> so you 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 have to be careful and not really rely <laughs> No, I I agree with that. I did that for Broderpool football when I was there from eighty three to eight uh, from eighty two to eighty six, and I think uh, I think I made one of the punters all state. Yeah. <laughs> so that's. But anyway, it's it's like you know with my Lagodi book two hundred eight. Uh, someone, maybe Larry Hembry needs to get it updated my princeton book is 2011 uh someone needs to update that uh the pictures and so forth at princeton i have over 700 pictures in the our new gym i have most of the football i have girls basketball boys basketball pictures have a, a wall of fame for other kids and other teams who've won a sectional and I still uh, try to get pictures up of kids who've made all conference at least a couple times and so it uh, it kind of keeps me busy were you, you so? Were you surprised at how well they did once you got them done? Um, was the process of getting the book put together longer than the process of getting all your stuff together? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> I say they're about equal. I mean, whenever you're researching box scores from Potoka, Hazelton. Mount Olympus and, and so forth with with Princeton. Uh, I put the Princeton books all out by 2011, 2012. And Ligoti book I put out. St. John's was the first one that I put out. I don't know if you received that copy of Not yet. That I made. And Lagodi, you you have to need to time it for start of a season. You can't just <laughs> throw it out any any time during the year. But it gives you goals you're working towards, and uh, you just you know a lot of days I spent, golly, 
five or six hours going through microfilm at the library. Uh, my wife helped me for part of those, but she'd say her eyes would get to spinning looking at all that microfilm and so forth. But I just focused in on it. I need to look away while you're spinning the microfilm and then come back. And as I say, you have goals and just you just you just do it. That's all that's all there is to it. You do it. And what great six degrees of separation um I'm going through the Princeton book. Uh, um, Rob Kirchhoff, who uh, played uh, for you in basketball. I'm, I don't know if he played for you in baseball. He worked for me. Uh, John Lofton uh, um, also was a quarterback down there for a couple of years, worked for me. So just a great uh, six degrees of separation and fantastic stuff to look at and just uh, have memories. But what a, what, a, what a fantastic job you've done on all your publications. Well, uh, Rob wrote an article on, you know, our coach who was here and John Lofton played some baseball, probably his freshman year. Maybe those were all good kids. Uh, Rob played on my JV team my first year. Jim Jones talked me into getting back in basketball in 84, said he wasn't going to go anywhere, so forth. Well, I got back in basketball. Jim had our first undefeated season in history. And the JV team, we finished 20-2. and And then he decided to go to Terre Haute North. <laughs> so the superintendent told me I could get out of basketball if I wanted to uh, this was before but uh, needed to uh, I needed to stay in and get the new coach acclimated and so here I'm back in basketball trying to get Marty Eckelbarger acclimated. And I worked JV a couple more years, and then our eighth-grade coach, Steve Hogger, who was my baseball assistant, super guy, decided to get out of coaching eighth grade. So he left and so I asked the superintendent if I could take eighth grade basketball. I mean when he told me that I could get out if I felt like it was too busy because I was coaching Legion baseball, high school baseball. And I should have known better than to believe an administrator that <laughs> 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 you you can get out. <laughs> so I was Took the eighth grade for the next seventh or eighth grade, uh, seventh, eighth, eighth grade I took for the next seven or eight years. And I had some pretty good cotton picking eighth grade teams too. So, and how did we get off on that? 